Welcome to the Spawn Chunks, episode number 48 for Monday, July 15th, 2019. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me, as always, is my friend Johnny, or as some of you may know him, as Pixel Riffs. Hello, sir. Hello, another wonderful sunny day and a nice early start for us because we have a guest with us who is in a slightly different time zone, so we all had to get up slightly earlier. Uh, I'd love to introduce uh, the Hot Dish, aka Devon. Um, she is the manager of the 8-bit community, along with a couple of other people. Uh, they have a Minecraft server, but a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, you can find her at twitch.tv slash thehotdish, where she streams several times a week, I think four or five times a week. Uh, recently joined the 240p stream team, and she is also one of the hosts at twitch.tv tv slash study group where i recently had the pleasure of sitting down to talk about streaming the business of streaming and various other bits besides devon welcome to the show hello hello thanks for having me <laughs> yes thank thank you for getting up so early after you've just eaten a whole bunch of chili peppers <laughs> the night before that was it was quite quite the marathon stream <laughs> you're doing oh yes mm -hmm. so, so normally we kick off the show talking about what we've been up to in minecraft and my ears have been perked up by this 12 hour stream and chili peppers so like Devin, what what have you been doing in minecraft over the weekend uh this weekend i had my 2000 follower celebration stream where i streamed for 12 hours straight and just tried to play games with the community interact etc and so we played a lot of minecraft uh on the 8-bit community we did a lot of community games our spawn is specifically built to host mini games in addition to other spawn features so we did a lot of fun boat races and spent some time there and then i moved over to the 240p server where it was my very first moment on that server so it was fresh server feels you're trying to grind all that fun stuff and that's what i've been working on on minecraft but the the uh the peppers essentially was a uh a bit incentive i created where you get to spin a wheel and whatever it lands on i get to eat and I have regrets. Because <laughs> the, the, the whole setup of it is, is it's, it's mostly chili peppers, but occasionally there's pudding. Yeah, paint, we call it painter pudding. Yes. <laughs> such... One of the options is also raisins, because raisins are awful. <laughs> I, like, I like that you get, to, you get to include something that isn't devilishly spicy, but it's just like, I don't really like this thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's like if you had to have me eat like, um, I don't know, some kind of like squishy seafood thing or something, I'd be like, yeah, yeah that's, that's probably a, about as bad as a, as a chili pepper for me. Brussels sprouts or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Boiled Brussels sprouts, at least. I do some pretty good Brussels sprouts. If you fry them with honey and bacon, oh, it's so good. Anyway. Honey? Yeah. Yeah, you th oh, throw, some, throw some honey in the pan. We're getting off track. This is, <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless, this is, unless this is food that they're, going to pl they're planning to add to Minecraft, we should probably save that for the post-show. So, um, yeah, no, <laughs> no problem. It's fine. There will, there will be tangents. If there's one thing I've learned about podcasting over the last nearly year of doing this show, there will absolutely be tangents. So, um, yeah, 240p server is a server that a lot of other streamers play on. Uh, at a brief recollection, the cast includes folks like Grimly, Stingin, uh, Wombord Chicky. Who else is on there that I'm not remembering? Is that the, is that the one that Jancy's on? Uh, yeah, I think Jancy is on there or was on there at one point. Yeah, so, yeah, there's, mm -hmm. there's a, a, a memorable cast of streamers on there, which for some reason I'm having difficulty remembering. But, uh, yeah, super cool that you're part of the stream team. I, I believe um, your, your kind of partner in crime from the 8-bit the server, um, Boz99, is also on, on the server. So, yeah, you, you, you've at least got some familiar faces on there. Yeah, I mean, he's having his debut today, and I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> so proud. So proud of this little community growing up. Awesome stuff. So what uh, what are your plans on the 240p server? Do you have like a big build in mind? I I picked a bio. I was originally going to build in a swamp, 
because I recently released a new emote, which is essentially Kappa Shrek. And so I guess <laughs> I've been on the Shrek kick. And so I was going to find a swamp and essentially rebuild Shrek's swamp just for the meme. Uh, I have a tendency because 240p, all of those people are so, so good at building. And when I build, it takes a very long time to build something that looks nice. So I tried to, to keep it small. So I was going to stick to Shrek's hut because even if I build it horribly, it's still going to look like Shrek's hut. And the, be the best part of that is there are also donkeys in Minecraft. So you can, yes, you can complete exactly. the picture quite easily that way. <laughs> Precisely. Nice. I, I, I can see the, the name tag donkey on yeah. donkey. <laughs> super, super easy. <laughs> And then, and, then you, and then you've got to have three little pigs and like the cast just builds itself up at that point. I'm pretty sure that mm -hmm. there's all kinds of fairy tale creatures from, from Shrek that could probably be translated into Minecraft quite easily, if I had to guess. Oh, yes. Now we're now you guys are taking this to a whole level I didn't even consider. So this is fantastic. <laughs> ah, there you go. This, this is an inspirational podcast, if nothing else. That's what I always <laughs> the say. The idea machine marches forward. Uh, Johnny, what about you? What have you been doing in, in Minecraft this week? Well, speaking of huts in the swamp, I did my first witch farm this week, which was pretty exciting. Um, that that took a few days worth of work, but it was it was worthwhile. It's now churning out a decent amount of redstone and gunpowder, and ultimately it was once again content for the Minecraft survival guide, kind of showing people, trying to demystify witch farms a little bit, because people see the witch farms that folks on Hermitcraft do, like looking at you mumbo jumbo, nobody needs to bomb out like 128 block wide like perimeter just for one witch farm like i i'm afking maybe like 150 <laughs> blocks above bedrock in the sky and there is very little stuff spawning around the witch farm that is causing the rates to go down it could still be really heavily optimized and half of my comment section is still like recommending things that i can do to optimize it and i'm like guys it's fine. I've placed a bunch of sea lanterns around it because there's an ocean biome around it, and so I'm trying to prevent drowned from spawning. But aside from that, there really isn't much else I need to do, and it's still getting me. You know, if I AFK overnight, it's getting me a full double chest of redstone. So it's it's not a not a huge deal, and ultimately a fun project, one I'd never tried before. Uh, outside of that, I built a charcoal burner and built a giant tree stump around that, and today's episode of Minecraft Survival Guide was all about data packs, so I was looking at some of the kind of the extracurricular Minecraft stuff a little bit. Having touched on resource packs and stuff before this time, I was like, let's get into some of the game-changing stuff now, but not on a permanent basis, because my ethos for the show is still, let's keep everything default vanilla Minecraft, something that everybody can understand, and mm. I don't want to remind everybody constantly, I'm playing with a data pack, so this isn't going to be the same as it is in your world. Like, I, d I don't want right. that kind of hassle, so... Yeah. And I, I, I did get a few people saying, like, I hope you don't play with that Player Graves pack all the time. It seems a little bit cheaty. I'm like, guys, don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm just going to go back to the normal stuff in the next episode. Uh, this week's project is finally getting on to doing the end hub. So connecting up all of the gateways in the end now that I've fought the dragon as, enough times as I, as I need to generate all of the end gateways out to the outer islands and making all of those accessible. And I'm thinking in the long term that's going to become a fifth element style like spaceport which is kind of an exciting project, but also a really intimidating one. So we'll see how that goes. Nice. Yeah, that would be very cool looking, but also ginormous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty ginormous already. If, if you measure the distance between the two furthest points 
on that circle of end gateways, it's 193 blocks. So uh, having oh. having recently Casual. having recently built a 137 block wide circle for my Nether Hub, a 256 block wide circle for the perimeter of the Witch Farm, I'm now building a 193 block wide circle in the end, and I'm like, when will I stop building circles? This is my curse <laughs> at this point. But uh, yeah, everybody in the stream popping in saying, oh, circles in Minecraft, that's illegal and stuff. But it's oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's it's been a, it's been a fun project so far. It's like that line from Castaway where Tom Hanks says, we have to make rope again. <laughs> you know, and it's like, we have to make circles again. Pixel yeah. Yes, we have basically. It plays again. game made entirely of squares, only builds circles. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. me. That's me at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, so how about, how about you, Joel? I know you've been having issues technical-wise with, with Minecraft. Are those, are those resolved yet, or is that still happening? They have not been resolved, at least not for me because the new release is not out yet and this will take us kind of like gently into the news but uh, i still can't play minecraft without getting seasick like it is brutal i i've tried a couple times doing different things i've tried like logging on and and just like mining trees and just like looking at what i needed in my chests moving around as little as possible and just like okay what do i need to do like what what furnaces could i stock what things could i do that are a pain in the butt or boring that i could just kind of like get out of the way so that the next time i stream when this thing is functioning i'm all set and even that like even just logging in and um and moving around your your various workrooms and different builds it was just it it really only i only lasted about 20 minutes before i started to get a headache so it's it's um, funny that you bring up the seasick analogy because that actually reminds me of being ill it's like you're confined to your house you're just kind of wandering around a couple of rooms being like okay i have to do something productive what can i tidy before <laughs> i start to feel sick it's like it's like having bugs like that is actually like being ill in minecraft somehow that's so weird <laughs> It is really strange. Yeah, I, the only thing that I was able to do because I I, I am going to need a lot of concrete uh, was stand at a concrete maker and just like hold right click and just mm -hmm. you know do do your thing. Uh, but the the thing with um, this particular bug for uh, for Mac anyway is uh, MC one five four two seven one and it was quoted as a rolling shutter issue in Mac OS since one fourteen dot three pre-release 2. Now there's a number of other versions that have also been affected including uh, the latest pre-release 5 uh, that's out for 114.4. Uh, now this morning just before the show uh, Slice Slime had marked this bug as resolved uh, which means hopefully it will be fixed in the full 114.4 release but uh, for me it started off as just like a pixelated screen tear kind of at the bottom I thought it was a vsync issue. Uh, Optifine does help a little bit, but uh, as either, I don't think that these things can get worse. I think it's just that if you play for longer, it affects you more. And I also noticed like some frame stuttering. I've also noticed um, it's much worse in situations where you have um, large areas of the same texture, like uh, endstone or netherrack. Mm -hmm. And um, I find even moving side to side, looking around uh, creates kind of a disconnect or a strobe effect. And I think that's what was giving me uh, a headache. And so I am cautiously optimistic that this is fixed along with one of the other Mac bugs uh, that re was related to processing uh, power or processing consumption. 
uh, with Java Edition in uh, last week's show. So I'm hoping moving forward that I can return because this is, as we'll get into it in the main discussion, this has become kind of an issue for me. However, I did do some streaming over the weekend. I actually uh, played Cities Skylines, which is a game that I picked up on the Steam Summer Sale. And I will bring this back to Minecraft because <laughs> it, I, one, I realized I play so much Minecraft that I am Minecraft controlled by default. So I started doing all these things, <laughs> hotkeys in City Skylines that just don't work. They're just, they're right. not, it's not a thing. You just you're, you're you can't. Like, like, why can't I WASD in this city building game? <laughs> yeah, or you can, but it doesn't affect it the same way. Like the camera yeah. controls in that game are, they're bad. Like the fact that I can't scroll around that map <laughs> yeah. with a mouse that I have to use a keyboard is like 1998. Like, come on, <laughs> it's, it's rough. I did get used to it after a while, and unfortunately, um, the experience that I was looking for from the game was not great. However, I did start to get inspired for a city that I want to build in Minecraft by building the city in City Skylines and seeing how they handle the low poly graphics for the roads and the houses. And what's nice about that game is that, uh, and for anybody that, that is out there that knows of it or can go find someone that's played it, if they're if the pe person playing is close enough to the ground you can see quite a lot of detail you can see cars you can see mm -hmm. uh the buildings and the residential districts you just designate districts and then random buildings come up whether it's you know a house or an apartment building or a duplex or whatever same with thing with commercial is it a donut shop is it is it a, a drugstore you don't know it just kind of does whatever it does and i find that really interesting and really cool in terms of like we always think about building in Minecraft is like, well, what is the building I'm going to make? And in in Cities Skylines, I was looking at this like, oh, I have to remember when I'm building my city to add parking lots and green space between sidewalks. And like, there's all these little things that are in this game that really kind of make the, you know, grabbing a city plot, say in Minecraft, just because you've got a 32 by 32 plot doesn't mean you have to make the building 32 by 32. Like you could put the building in the corner and build it whatever size you want, but then have like some greenery and a yard and a path. And so I have to, um, I have to start paying a closer attention, I think, to stuff like that if I'm going to start this, uh, this modern city in Minecraft. So it wasn't a fruitless Minecraft week. Uh, I just didn't actually play Minecraft very much. <laughs> sure. You're, you're getting a holistic look at city planning by playing yeah, something else. Yeah, a lot yeah. of ideas. A lot of ideas. So my brain has been on Minecraft like high octane because I can't play it, which is frustrating. Um, but hopefully that will change because uh, moving on into the news, uh, we've got uh, a few news points that we'll talk about briefly and then uh, we'll have a little bit of a chat about them. But uh, the first one is that Minecraft 114.4 pre-release 5 was released since our last episode. There are numerous small changes, mostly related to villager trading and pricing and UI bugs. Uh, also, 14.4 pre-release 4 was released. And there are a few other uh, bugs in this one, specifically breaking blocks reappear to nudge the player off of a pillar like when you're digging straight down like if you have pillared it up and you're coming back down so that's been fixed uh villagers aren't shutting doors behind them that's bad if you're doing raids and your villagers are running inside and leaving the door wide open <laughs> not helpful uh and aquatic mobs were not spawning and or fish spawned from buckets uh we're counting back towards the aquatic mob cap again so there's a few uh, more serious bugs in pre-release 4 that they have addressed uh but all of this is hopefully coming out soon we don't have any news at this point on uh, when 14.4 will be released uh, in full 
but the bug tracker and the updates in the pre-releases have been smaller and smaller. Like they seem to be narrowing down to where they want to be for, for the release. Yeah, uh, so, and then, so keep, keep uh, an eye on all of the devs' Twitter feeds after this show because chances are, yeah, it will have come out between us <laughs> recording and publishing this show. Fingers crossed absolutely. at least because, yeah, I, I, want, I want you to be able to play Minecraft again, Joel. That's the main thing. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, now, Johnny, I know you've been keeping your eye on Minecraft Earth. Yes, uh, this week we had a Minecraft Earth gameplay trailer in the form of an announcement for the closed beta, which is coming up really soon. If you haven't signed up already, make sure you go to minecraft.net slash earth and uh, get on the mailing list for that because chances are they'll be handing out beta kind of keys in the next little while. Um, but there was actual gameplay in this, which I thought was really worth taking a, a deep dive on because um, we saw a map kind of based interface, kind of what you might be similar, uh, you, you might be familiar with through games like Pokemon Go, much as we don't want to keep drawing comparisons to the only other AR game people <laughs> have heard of. Um, the resource collecting tappable section. So when you're walking around your neighborhood, finding blocks, finding chests and mobs and that kind of stuff that you can tap on does look quite similar to the Pokemon Go or Ingress style of gameplay. Um, but then later on in the trailer, you get the AR stuff. You get people playing Minecraft in the real world. There's footage of a few guys sort of hanging around a, a picnic bench in a public park is what it looked like. And they were building stuff on this bench and then... Uh, sizing it up so that it was actually just a big structure built in this park and it's it reveals a little bit more about how uh, what they call build plates are going to work so players are going to gain experience by collecting stuff in the kind of tappable environment and the build plates seem to be from what I can tell different biomes so typically you're probably going to start with a simple planes biome but further down the list as it was scrolling through the available build plates there was one that was more of a snowy tundra environment there was one that seemed to be a desert and so as you level up by gaining XP and there's no word on whether or not this is going to be you know microtransaction based either for people who are unable or unwilling to grind for XP and resources and stuff like that if uh, you might be able to just unlock these build plates somehow uh, through through gaining XP and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's looking like a pretty solid game at this point. We at least have a better idea of the game mechanics than what we saw from the brief teasers of it, which were mainly at convention halls at E3 or in a closed environment on a stage at WWDC. We saw some kind of pre-prepared demo type of stuff. And while this is obviously still an official trailer, so it still seems like it's in a controlled environment of a fashion, it seems like we're getting a much more natural look at what gameplay looks like now. Uh, Devin, have you taken much of an interest in Minecraft Earth? Have you have you been been following the the updates about that? I I have and I haven't. I don't want to get my hopes up. Sure. I I've, I recently downloaded the Wizards Unite, which was the Harry Potter version of Pokemon right, Go, essentially. Okay. Yeah. And I was. I was disappointed because I guess I was trying to find something that was a little bit more unique. But based on what I've been watching with Minecraft Earth, with the buildings, it doesn't look, I don't know, it looks a lot more well put together. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that'll be a really f nice change from walking around and throwing Pokeballs at things. Yeah. Because uh, it, it's giving you a little bit more world interaction because with Wizards Unite as well, you pretty much went around and then you used your wand to attack things or save your friends and stuff. And then you would essentially sticker paste that into a book. I think this with the actual building interface and being able to walk into builds and stuff will make it immensely 
immensely more interactive and intriguing. Yeah, I, I think that was the problem with Pokemon Go initially, was that it was effectively just a, a kind of ice spy game or like a stamp collecting game. Like you just you just mm -hmm. went around the world picking up Pokemon and if there was a gym nearby, then you could put a Pokemon on it. But there wasn't really much you could do in terms of battling, which was basically what I enjoyed about Pokemon was like the ability to train and fight these little creatures. And that functionality just wasn't really present which made it very much feel just like, you know, it's, it's like Pokemon Snap. You're just going around, like, collecting these things without really any goals behind it. Whereas I feel like Minecraft Earth seems to already tie in some of the mechanics that we're used to from the Minecraft we know and love. Actually being able to build stuff with the things you collect and create an environment is effectively, you know, the, the, the kind of stuff that we know Minecraft for. So I think it's, it's looking like, like you say, to be a more... Um, a, a more overall complete game experience when they release it rather than starting out with just one or two of these features and the resource collecting stuff and then adding all of the rest of the stuff later which it seems to be what they've done with Pokemon mm -hmm. Go yeah one of the clips that they that they said one of the audio clips from the video talked about walking around your neighborhood and collecting resources uh, including new mobs they they highlight the the muddy pig again mm -hmm. uh but then you, as you walk around and collect stuff your uh, inventory of blocks increases and then you can then go use those blocks to build something you can also mine blocks from the what did you call them the plates the, the build plates. plates yeah build plates mm -hmm. so the build plates you can actually mine those so it kind of got me thinking like when i first was looking at this i was under the impression that this was going to be more of a creative game when you're building uh mm -hmm. so if you and i want to sit down you know at, at a park bench and and build something we've first have to drop the build plate and then spend 15 minutes mining it out i guess to get it, the blocks might, that we need it might be a little bit closer to survival gameplay than we were at first thinking unless yeah <laughs> I, I don't know what they they might actually start you out with a bunch of blocks in terms of what you've got in your inventory and then send you out in the world to find more stuff or like i said if there are microtransactions involved you might be able to buy a builder's pack for like a certain, right. like a you get like bricks and glass and that kind of stuff in there already and it, it remains to be seen in terms of stuff like bricks and glass if you have to smelt all of that stuff or if that mechanic isn't in the game and you just find bricks and glass available already kind of thing yeah. I, don't, I don't know how much crafting is really going to be involved in it it's more seems to be more of like a, a building and occasional survival mechanics yeah we've not seen we've not seen any ui pop up like we've from what i remember I don't, I don't remember seeing any any shots of what you see on your screen when you're building like ha like switching from pickaxe to block and like you know all that kind of stuff so if you open up a chest or if you go into a crafting bench i don't know what pops up on the screen in minecraft earth um th th that just kind of made me think of like well these things might take a little bit longer to create than than we thought which is fine i'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing because if it was all creative play then it takes kind of it takes the mind out of minecraft right like it's just mm -hmm. you're just going to be crafting at that point <laughs> and, and, and if they've already taken the craft out of minecraft by not having actual <laughs> crafting recipes then what are we yeah. left with <laughs> yeah a, exactly just a blank space Mine, but, yeah block placing um but with with large builds when you put them in the world i thought it was really neat that they showcased in this particular one that the the guys were walking inside of it yeah uh which mm -hmm. i think Devin is something that you mentioned and and i thought that was really cool i don't know how that's going to play on my teeny tiny phone uh, I think people that have larger smartphones will be, will probably get more out of it, mm -hmm. and that's fine. Um, but it, that to me was really neat because then you could do like little Easter eggs. Like, I mean, think about 
community events or, or certain things where you could have uh, scavenger hunts and really hide things inside of buildings that you create and place around, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a park or something like that. Uh, that could be really, really fun. Although, again, we don't know. But one of the concerns that I had was looking at, you know, building this cool thing, placing mm -hmm. it in a park. I guess there's nothing stopping somebody else from coming along <laughs> and just placing giant stuff in front of your thing. Like in front of the thing that you build, someone could just come along and build a giant skull tower and be just like, well, I know your princess pony merry-go-round is very cool, but my skull tower is going right in front of it, you know, and just kind of place it there. So I don't know exactly how quickly it's going to, what's the word I'm looking for? Spiral. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to get either rude or competitive uh, yeah. or both. Yes. Well, um, I, know, I know the rude stuff they addressed in, I want to say, I think think it was the wwdc at some point they mentioned that there's a lot of um moderation like there's yeah. there's a lot of okay. um control on mo yang's side to make sure that no lewd or you know inappropriate things are built and placed in public spaces mm -hmm. yeah and and I, th I think there will at least be a filter of sorts so that you can only see stuff that you or your friends have built there there doesn't seem to be uh, uh, right. I, I, th I think they said something about like play with your friends but make sure they're nice friends because they will be able to affect your builds so i strongly recommend that anybody who gets uh minecraft earth doesn't uh like just start friending anybody and everybody because because <laughs> chances are yeah, yeah they will be able to hop into your build and change stuff presumably if they can interact with it but if you've got friends locally then yeah you can you can always hop into the same world and build stuff so it would be yeah. really cool if you could from a viewing standpoint out of just pure like interest be able to like see everything as you walk down the street like not yeah. interact with it like you can't that touch it you cool. can't change it but imagine if you could walk down the street and just see everything that everyone has built in your neighborhood and just mm -hmm. out of mm -hmm. curiosity you know everything is in kind of read only mode i guess yeah yeah and, and that i think that's sort of the vibe they were trying to evoke with their original trailer where it was somebody just skateboarding around their neighborhood seeing all of the stuff kind of pop up around them i think that's potentially the vibe they're looking for and it remains to be seen whether that's what we're actually going to get from minecraft earth but uh yeah let's let's see let's see uh anything else we need to quickly recap from the pre-releases i i i'm like you i think i'm looking forward to 114.4 um devon when you're playing on the the um 8-bit community server are you guys updating mm -hmm. to the latest version regularly or are you kind of holding off until the features are kind of more finalized or closer to what you want we wait until there's a stable version released and then we update yeah. because when it when it comes to 1.14 essentially uh there has been a lot of vanilla public server lag yeah and that's that's like in like in the system is what's causing all of these lags it's not the hosting it's not your individual pc it's embedded in the code and so that's been very, very frustrating for us. So whenever we get a chance to update and there's a stable version, we go for it because whatever it is, it's better than what we've got. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. It's something that I'm suffering from with my patron server as well is the, the lag issue. And people have come to me about it and said like, yeah, we can't generate chunks without waiting for a couple of minutes. Like if we're trying to generate any mm -hmm. new terrain, it's just mm -hmm. not happening. I'm like, hands up in the air. I can't do anything about this yet. And it's, yeah. it's a little bit frustrating from a server hosting perspective, but... Uh, yeah, let's let's hope that those new releases bring uh, bring better things. Uh, let's let's move on to chunk mail though, because we actually have a follow up once again to uh, the discussion that we had from the email last week. Uh, and this one comes from Surprise T. Thank you so much for your email. This is uh, regarding Yuzu's email and the lifespan of multiplayer servers. And Surprise says, "Hi, Pix and Joel and the Hot Dish." 
on, a, <laughs> on the topic of a lifespan of multiplayer servers, if a decently sized content creator has a Patreon or Twitch sub server, that could be a good option to try because new people replace the people who have left the server, but those servers are typically not too big to become a public dumpster fire. Love surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for that. There's, I'll, I'll briefly recap. Our, our email uh, last week for people who haven't listened to last week's podcast was um, about whether or not you should stop playing on a multiplayer server and consider moving on if it feels like you're the only person there and i kind of agree with the 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 notion in surprises email where there is uh kind of a rotating cast of of people when it comes to patron servers people cancel their pledges or cancel their twitch subs and then new people are joining somewhat regularly so it feels like there is usually a bit more longevity in those because there are some people who are constantly coming in fresh and starting from scratch and so people are always going to be at different stages of progress and if somebody runs out of stuff to do and decides to quit there's usually going to be somebody else coming in who's uh, who's got something else to do. The one problem I have with this is that obviously Patreon and Twitch sub servers do rely on you having enough cash to pledge or resub every month. Uh, so the the paywall is probably going to weed out trolls and griefers pretty effectively. But you know, from your own perspective, it does rely on you being able to you know support somebody financially in what they do, but also yeah, effectively pay to be on the server. Um, how about <laughs> how about you, Dish? Um, if you're if you're running like a you, you're, the eight bit server has kind of a join policy, and it's usually just kind of mm-hmm. if 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 you hang around and it feels like we like you is effectively what it boils down to. Obviously, there's a bit more <laughs> a bit more complexity to it than that. But um, do you, do you get that a lot on your server? Do you get people sort of leaving and joining at, at equal rates, or do you find that the does the population stay stable, or does it fluctuate quite a lot? I think when we get new updates, it definitely we get a huge push mm-hmm. and then what it will do is it'll it'll, t- it'll taper off as people either a finish building their massive farms and finish building their redstone automated stuff and then they get bored and they leave and then that it comes on us to be like okay how do we keep these people here and if not okay how do we welcome in the next generation of players mm-hmm. and uh, if, if uh, and if you're picking that new generation of players from twitch chat <laughs> it's uh sometimes a little bit of a, a potluck situation but I, I think you're, you're <laughs> you've got you've got a pretty stable group of people who who know what they're doing and you've, you've got some pretty pretty hefty like anti-griefing and you, you've got the ability to roll back stuff if anybody you know mm-hmm. blows up a section of terrain either accidentally or on <laughs> purpose right so uh, how how do you come across those tools and stuff because i don't really have that m- amount of stuff on my server i typically trust people to just kind of do their thing and play the survival game but uh like mm-hmm. how, how do you sort of source those tools originally like where does where does all of that stuff come from uh do you mean like when we actually download it or where did the idea for us to download it come i mean from? i mean both really like where, where okay uh, who, who who's <laughs> provided that stuff like the plugins and so forth in the first place is there, is there somebody on your server who is the expert is that you is that somebody mm-hmm. else <laughs> when it first began it was sort of a collective knowledge of several other people myself boz 99 minnesota taz even jay the k we've all been a part of servers we've run servers before so we kind of when we came into this this 8-bit building server we knew what we needed and we knew what we didn't need it and fortunately we were we brought on someone who loves to get their hands dirty and really dig into plugins uh kath has done a ton of plugin work for us but as always i 
I know my basics about plugins. I know what I need. I know how to fix them if I have to. But otherwise, there's usually one person on a server who knows everything about the plugins. And then we all just hope that person never leaves. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, we need to keep you around. What can, can we can we bribe you with snacks to make sure that you're still, yep. still here? Yeah. So this is something that I'm new to. Are plugins now a, a separate thing in addition to data packs? Plugins are more of a thing that have been around for a while, and it relies on you having a server host that allows plugins to be part of. Oh, okay. The, the so server. there's so, server side stuff. Okay. Yeah, it, it's okay. it's closer to the kind of stuff you'll find people doing with Spigot or Bungie Cord, where like in in Bungie Cord's case, you can have things that teleport you to effectively a different server. They kind of log you into another ah, kind of strand okay. of the server. But right. um, pl plugins like that, um, if you see, for example like text coming up on the screen when you log into a multiplayer server like Hypixel or wherever and it says like you know the the Hypixel sale is now on or whatever kind of advertising stuff typically a lot of that stuff used to only be possible through plugins I think it is possible mm -hmm. to do it in Minecraft with data packs and functions and stuff now but mm -hmm. a lot of it originally was done with plugins and so that's it's more like stuff like world edit for example Joel is probably one you'd be more familiar with that um, right. That that that's a plugin. St stuff like you know, and any kind of creative building tools that aren't part of vanilla Minecraft are plugins. And right, so... because you'd have to be able to tell the server to take the the information changed in um, World Painter and then translate that to yeah to the game. Yeah, that, right. That mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But but mm -hmm. in this case, there are also plugins that are developed a bit more for server security. Mm-hmm. Interesting, mm -hmm. and that's what that's what we use. We use uh, we use Core Protect, which allows us to essentially look at any block that has been placed by a player, and we can see who placed it and when they placed it. And if we don't like that they placed that block, essentially we can roll it back, and we can do this with hundreds of blocks. And fortunately, this also allows us to copy paste blocks. So if we, for instance, really like a build somewhere, but we, we want to move that build to a different location, we can also do that, which is very, very helpful, especially since we do have quite a few people who love to build and love to build really grand like structures. And we were like, maybe that doesn't go there, but it'd be really, really great over here. Then those plugins are so useful. Cool. It's, it's kind of a world we haven't really explored all that much of because you and I are both fairly like we we are standard survival server hosts. We don't tend to do all that. We like we we we're expecting everybody to just kind of play in in the same way that people do in single player, just kind of putter along with their own survival stuff. But I think right. on a livelier server, especially when you've got a a, a stronger sort of a, a larger cast of people, and you can't be in every place at once to kind of like fix things with commands and stuff. I think yeah, having having a suite mm -hmm. of plugins at your at your disposal and having a, a decent team of moderators as well because from what I i've seen say, yeah, yeah there, there's a, a a decent group of responsible adults uh, on the on the <laughs> on the 8-bit community server that seem to to have a handle on things so one last they're, thing with regards to griefing so, sorry Devin, you were gonna say no you're golden i was just uh complimenting my mods they're amazing oh good <laughs> good, good. Uh, no, it, it's, it really is great to have good mods i have to say we have to tip our hats to the spawn chunks mods too Mm -hmm. uh, cosmic and uh, anagram so with one last question with regards to griefing uh when it comes to patron servers uh have you experienced anything where um well, like a patron decides to leave they're no longer supporting they're no longer playing but then a new player wants to expand their build or do something and their neighbor who has built a grass hut on day one and left <laughs> 
it's it's still there like what what are the the general guidelines for how long a player has been gone off the server before their land claim is forfeit and if you come back well sorry you know joe you're just gonna have to start over again because you were gone for six months um devin do you partake in or run a a patron server of your own i do not i've always been uh an advocate of of not having things behind paywalls just because i know when i whenever i wanted to find something i'm like i didn't want to pay for it because i didn't have a lot of money so so we we have our own version of getting onto the server but we do not do a paywall but you still so have um you still have people trying to build places and you, you have to encourage them to be considerate of other people's space but like at, at what point when somebody mm -hmm. has clearly not been on the 8-bit community mm -hmm. server for a while do you kind of go okay they're probably not coming back we can give that good land that they had over to somebody else for their project we usually honestly we don't have something like that in place right now due to the fact that there is so much space on our server uh the only time that we'll usually delete things is if they have been banned or I would say probably if somebody came on and was like, what happened to all of my stuff? If I went, hey, you've been gone for three months. Like, you can't expect that to still be there, especially if they did build something smaller. If they were doing a mega build, then I, we would probably leave it there just due to the sheer amount of work they put in. But if it's something that's easier for them to kind of reproduce, then that's, we, that's perfectly normal for us to be like, okay, it's time to move it. Like, this is fine. But also we, we encourage people to, if you are building a new place on our server, to scout out the area. And we have a space rule where if you notice that someone is building next to you and you were there first, you can ask them to move. And hmm. they have to do that because it's in our rules. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've, I've only had to really deal with that about twice. And who the, I've spoken to the individuals who had to move. And they were all very gracious about it. They were all very... Uh, accepting of that and they understood so for, we've been very fortunate to have a very positive approach to that cool. i think that's that's ultimately what you need in in any kind of server situation like that is a, a solid mm -hmm. set of rules that you can point people to and say look it says here that you can or cannot do mm -hmm. this and just clarity is, is the main thing mm -hmm. clarity and communication in, in any kind of relationship it's gonna kind of improve things but yeah for servers like that definitely especially when you've got a, a a wider group of people and you're effectively inviting some people that you 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 feel like you've got to know through your twitch chat and they seem mm -hmm. like a good member of the community but you don't know them in person and you're not necessarily gonna you're not gonna trust them with your life but you trust them to build minecraft stuff in an appropriate way <laughs> yeah and that's that's why we have such like a long waiting period to get on because we're like hey we want to actually get to know you and build up this level of mutual respect for one another so that you kind of get a feel for what our community is all about and you share that vision rather than just wanting to get on to play minecraft somewhere mm -hmm. there are so many other places you can do that but we want to kind of really encourage the sense of community of getting to know each other becoming some level of friends and just exchanging that level of respect and if nothing else it encourages patience and if you're not a patient mm -hmm. person then you're probably not going to do well <laughs> on the server to begin with <laughs> Well, speaking of multiplayer servers, that brings us into the first uh, subject of the roundtable discussion. Devin, you had a topic that was very close to the email that we received both last week and this week. So uh, if you don't mind, why don't you go first? All right. So my topic, when running or participating on a multiplayer server, like what do we do to keep people interested, correct, and active? And we, we kind of touched on that earlier where... You know, you, you, you have the different generations of people. You have people who get on, build first day, and then leave. How do you keep people there? And how do we essentially 
keep them interested. And I know the way that we've done this, especially on the server that I run, and I, I'm going to reference to APC a lot. <laughs> uh, that's probably, I've spent the most time on that server more than anywhere else. And we 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 actively keep an eye out for the average amount of viewers, or not viewers, apologies, uh, players on at any given moment and start to see when that starts to decline. And that's when we introduce another activity. So when 1.14 dropped, we didn't do any activities or competitions or anything along those lines for the, about the first month, month and a half or so. And because people were already always on and always excited because it was 1.14 and it was something new and shiny. And so we, we didn't have a lot of issues with that, but I, as, as it's gotten, as it's gone along, we need to start doing more activities. So we've done build competitions, which is nice uh, because then we've got people who haven't been able to build in creative, haven't been able to test out all of the new blocks 1.14 has had to offer. And so we do this, these build competitions which allow people to kind of stretch a little bit, even if they're even if they don't think they're the best builders on the planet, they can come in and they can just practice. They can see what other people are building. They can extend expand their own build style. They can try out new things. Maybe they don't have a ton of redstone knowledge and they want to practice with that in a space where it's fun. It's and they have other people to kind of build off of. So we, we've been doing a lot of those recently and they've been very, very effective and people have been having a lot of fun with that. And we, we it's nice because then we can kind of give them prizes within the server itself. Not necessarily a, a diamond block, so to speak, but we, we have special spaces where like, hey, look, you have bragging rights now because you won this competition. And just kind of like in real life where we give people trophies, uh, we'll give them something that maybe isn't super useful when it comes to actually building, but maybe it's something they can hang up in their house and be proud of. That's cool. I wonder, super uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with, the, with your patron servers and everything like that, what have you been working on to kind of keep people engaged? Personally, I don't have enough time to like with the amount of stuff i produce for youtube at this point i don't really have enough time to go in and, and participate really heavily in my patron server like typically i'm just there to keep the peace and to occasionally restore people's items if they lose them to glitches or something like that and i've taken a very hands-off approach to that server and typically it's it's kind of up to people to you know make their own fun but i've seen people doing some pretty cool stuff a lot of them they tend to go in more for community survival projects and stuff like that so mm -hmm. they will they will group together and a whole bunch of them will spend a week building like a really overpowered with a skeleton nether mob farm or something like that cool. and i find like that my my community seems to draw in quite a few people who are very technical and a few people who want to learn technical so a lot of the time you'll find people hanging out hanging around those people just to to look at what they do and learn from it as a result um and as as far as like the server population goes um yeah i i, I kind of respect that people are going to be spending a little bit more time away when they've got used to the update and that kind of thing and most of the time yeah that that's that's fine by me i understand that i could be doing more to kind of engage people and that kind of stuff but i think of it less as something that i need to maintain and something that they they're more sort of making their own fun for themselves so yeah i, I i'm definitely not as 
as active in in keeping that stuff going uh how about you joel because your server is relatively small as far as population goes right yeah oh yeah max whitelist is somewhere around 10 active players around four and and those four people are on a lot less um again uh, a theme for the last few weeks on the show is that because it's nicer out people are just not playing as mm-hmm. much uh, video games uh however i do notice an increase in activity like when i stream a lot more then I find that because I'm on the server doing stuff, people will see me like people that are on the server will see the stream and realize, oh, hey, I could log in and help or I could, you know, we could do that together. And I think the last time we had a community thing, uh, I was streaming and building a road in the nether and, I, you know, having to stop and shoot ghasts and stuff. And so uh, a couple of, uh, of, of server mates, uh, Alistair and Matcast logged in and they were they were basically doing crowd control. They were just standing around. <laughs> they were just chatting in the chat room and just sw- uh, like heads on swivels shooting ghasts for fun. Uh, and it became like their own little mini game. So I find stuff like that will happen. But in terms of like keeping engagement or doing any kind of group projects, every once in a while, we'll decide to do like a group farm, like the gold farm or creeper farm or something where everyone is going to benefit from the farm uh, because it makes more sense to build it as a community farm because it pumps out so many items that we would end up with a storage problem if we didn't allow everyone to use the farm. And mm-hmm. um, those sort of situations are, are good, but I find that we don't space those out. It's like all of a sudden, like three of us will play for a day and just like, pump out the scraper farm so well that could have been a couple of weeks of content you know <laughs> uh, not content but just like stuff to do like if you're looking for something to do for an hour before you go to bed or you know log in at the end of the day to play if we had done the creeper farm slowly then that's the kind of thing that would have been uh drawn out a little bit more but we tend to rip that kind of stuff off like a band-aid it's like oh we need this thing bam done okay uh next thing um but really i have we haven't had too much of an issue we've had a couple people leave but because the community was so small, that's just a simple conversation with me and someone on Discord being like, hey, uh, if you're not going to come back, then we're going to be welcoming in some new people and we kind of need the space that you have built your thing on. So we're going to mm-hmm. we're gonna move in and just kind of smooth that over or allow someone if they want to to go that way. Um, and that conversation when addressed um, like an adult is usually received like an adult they're like yeah I, you know i've not been on for six months and i don't think i'm gonna come back it's like all right well i mean you're welcome too but like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna participate now then as this as this community build because we've got a space called dartmouth meadows and as the dartmouth meadows expands we start to run into per- perhaps satellite things that people have built right as as the town gets larger and mm-hmm. so sometimes you have to say like well does that thing really need to be there because we would like to build a road through here or, you know, whatever that is, you know, that is, that's a simple example. Uh, and I find that usually, uh, like you said, Johnny, uh, clarity, you know, and, and conversation about that kind of stuff when it's approached the right way, um, then people are usually pretty positive about it. And Devin, I think you also said that, you know, when you asked people to move on the server, uh, they were probably pretty open to it. They probably didn't even realize they were building that close to someone. If I, if I, if I was to guess, right? Like everybody gets tunnel vision in Minecraft and you start building your thing and then you go over the hill and you're like, oh crap, (laughs) I have a neighbor like right here. That literally happened last week. (laughs) (laughs) This, this poor, this poor kid. I look up from my house and I had been building there since the beginning we, we started the server and I look up and I just see these, these towers in, in the background and like, what is that? And these things are within like 50 blocks of my house. <laughs> and I'm like, what is, so I go over there and I see that they were building and I was like, do you, I was like, can, can, do you, have you, 
like scouted in this area? And they're like, no. I'm like, do you want to follow me? <laughs> and I take them just behind their bill. And I was like, look into the distance. <laughs> and you just see my entire bill just looming. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Ever- everything the light touches is my kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> I felt so bad. And they're like, can I just mine the other direction? I'm like, we already have five people in this area. Trust me, this is for both of us. You do not want to build here. Yeah, It's it's amazing how often that happens, though. Like, I, I remember watching it was episode one of Achievement Hunters Minecraft Let's Play ages ago, where, like, they weren't really <sighs> sure about how everything was going to go in their world, and they, they didn't know the controls, half of them. And so they were, they, they, <laughs> they all end up dying after they built, like, half a house somewhere. And they started building another house because they weren't sure how to get back to it and then one of them turned to the left and it was literally like 10 blocks away so they like they just started building a house next to their original house and they had no idea so it, it happens like especially when there's just open landscape and there are no real landmarks for you to get your bearings mm-hmm. by it can get a bit disorienting and for people who play on lower render distances and stuff sometimes the stuff just pops mm-hmm. out of the fog that you had no idea was there before <laughs> So um, let, let's roll that into my discussion, actually, because uh, this week I put two discussion topics to our Discord members in what I call the emote vote. So they just like add a reaction emote to whichever one they want to thumbs up, and we tend to pick the topic that gets the most votes. This week it was a tie, uh, so I'm going with my favorite of the two, which kind of feeds in from this discussion as well, but on a more personal level. What's a go-to task or project that keeps you interested in Minecraft? So aside from you know wanting to engage your community and stuff, what keeps you coming back? Uh, so if we feel tired of our current projects, but you don't want to take a hiatus from Minecraft for whatever reason, what do you do? Is there an activity like exploring? Do you prefer to switch from a build-centric project to a redstone-centric project, uh, kind of let you blow the cobwebs out and come back refreshed? Uh, does a start like starting fresh in a brand new world always re-energize you? And uh, by extension, why does Minecraft feel like something we can't take a hiatus from? Because we've talked in the past about, you know, go and play another game, but everyone always asks that question, like, how can I feel excited about playing Minecraft again in the middle of this update? So, Devin, how do you how do you um, do that? Do you tend to start a new build? Do you tend to go exploring? Do you participate in build contests yourself? What helps Minecraft feel fresh to you after you've been playing it for a little while? I actually, uh, I I get distracted very, very easily. And even when I'm just, I'm playing by myself. So I have a tendency, I have a list that I make of things that I have to get done for my build. And so what I'll do is whenever I'm feeling bored with one thing, I'll just go down that list. For instance, I needed to make tiki torches to put outside my house in Minecraft the other day. And to make tiki torches, I needed leads. And to make leads, I needed slime. And also, I also needed to strip mine. So I was like, I have an idea. I'm going to try to make a slime farm by strip mining. And then I'm going to like cover all these bases. So I think right now it's um, it's just going down the list, making sure I have other projects. Because when you, when you run around your world in Minecraft, you are constantly thinking of things that you have to do. Mm-hmm in order to be effective or even just fun or to complete your build in the way you want to do it. So I'd say when in doubt, I just go down the list or when I've completed that list, I push myself. I try I try to build in a way I've never built. I try to use blocks I've never used, birch, acacia. I literally never use them. And <laughs> so I force myself to make a build with them because I'm like, you know what? I want to learn how to use this block effectively. So I'm going to push myself to use it. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty good. I, I like the idea of building through creative block in that way. Um and, and that's that's cool. And and you you've built a a pretty large like acacia and sandstone build is the one that I've been seeing come together and, and mm-hmm. that's come together really well. So evidently it's a strategy that works. 
<laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to get distracted with that too. There's too much open floor plan. I'm not used to it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Joel? Uh, when you can play Minecraft, at least, uh, what's what, what do you do to kind of recharge your Minecraft batteries? Or is it something that you actually take more time away? Uh, no, I... Any time away from Minecraft is usually due to other responsibilities or, you know, game ending bugs. Uh, I feel like when I when I have projects that I I'm either burnt out on or or perhaps don't have like the mental capacity in that session, you know, like you're mm -hmm. you're chill. You want to play Minecraft late at night just to kind of chill out before bed instead of watching TV. But you don't want to build a circle. Right. Yep. Like you, you don't have, you don't have that in you right now. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where I miss uh, the collection part of Minecraft. Like because we were so end game on the Citadel and my, my swamp mine is a giant um, strip mine <laughs> with a beacon that's empty. Like, I mean, all the stone is in chests. Like I've got all the things I don't need to dig for anything. Um, then I turn to places in the server that are, uh, either yet unfinished or very, very rudimentary. We have a lot of cobblestone paths in the nether. Uh, there's a lot of open nether. And um, I find that uh, tunnel building is very straightforward. Like you just, it's, it's, if I'm laying in a new one, then it really is just digging out netherrack and placing down cobblestone. However, if I'm uh, refinishing one that's already been laid in, then that's even less thinking. It's like you, you, you design a simple repeatable pattern and then it's just a matter of, you know, stripping out the old blocks and putting in the new, you barely have to think about it. And I find that pretty relaxing. It's a nice way to kind of give your brain a break from trying to think about something that looks good, how to fit a build into something. What does, you know, how do you reveal this build in the landscape, all that kind of stuff that can be very complicated and heavy. If you're just kind of like digging out, you know, a, a tunnel or um, I find sometimes I putter, like I'll just, there's always something mm. about certain builds that I don't like. Or for example, when say like 114 came out and you had um, lanterns are now available. I was popping around sometimes going through the Dartmouth Meadows, going through some of my builds going like, oh, wow, I've always hated that torch. Let's change that, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so that ends up taking, you know, uh, I can even, I can spend an hour just kind of like bopping around and tweaking things here and there. You know, all of a sudden you've got textures and andesite and smooth stone stairs and all these different things that we have now. And so I've gone through and changed a bunch of stuff. Um, one thing was purely by accident. We had uh, a creeper explosion near our main nether portal. And in repairing that nether portal that is made to look like it's part of a crack in a rock, I realized, ooh, wait a minute, I have smooth stone oh, sorry i have stone slabs i've got stone stairs i've got andesite stairs so i redid that in rebuilding it and that was just a simple task it was only about something that took about 20 minutes but it was a nice break from some of the larger stuff um beyond that i would say like any kind of big technical thing where you've got to like slab or mob proof or do something a large area you know like buttons or carpet or 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 lots and lots and lots of slabs like that i find therapeutic you don't have to think about it you're still getting the satisfaction of playing minecraft but you know you you're really just contributing to a much much larger project mm -hmm. for me it's chopping wood and it's one of those <laughs> one of those things that now chopping wood is sort of more automatable thanks to tnt dropping all of the blocks that it blows up i find a lot of people still 
like like you saying you were saying earlier, Devon, with um, having a, a sheep farm that you shear manually, and everyone saying, but you can automate this. Like people tell me about that uh, about wood all of the time. But I now every Tuesday I stream and I call it Chopping Tuesday, and I mm-hmm. gather resources. It's not always <laughs> chopping wood, and sometimes I I kind of chop more metaphorical stuff. Like we are chopping the lack of light around this farm that I need to light up. But a lot of the time I will just go in and harvest wood because I use wood everywhere. I'm building sort of fairly medieval and style or the wood textures are kind of versatile for some other stuff i want to build i end up gathering a ton of wood and i I run out of wood so regularly typically the spruce dark oak and oak that i just need to get more constantly and sometimes that stuff isn't convenient to farm automatically or i just haven't reached the stage in my world where i've settled on a farm design that i like and i find that's a really good way of just kind of vegging out and being able to to recharge your batteries a little bit while staying in minecraft and contributing to future projects it's a task that takes little to no effort i i get to the point where my axe is nearly broken i go and repair it i carry on chopping wood and i find that stuff tends to be kind of therapeutic people talk about mining in minecraft being therapeutic even if you're not instantly mining with a beacon so you're getting tons and tons of materials some people just like to do some some mindless mining for a little while and joel you talked on the realm of vastan uh, a while back about how you you'll find some people will just log in to dig for other people right you'll you'll find you, yeah you, you kind of specify an area and you're like just dig me a giant hole there so i can build some kind of farm or just like you know have a ton of resources and people will do that because that's how they like to you know unwind after a long day of work or something like that and yeah when, Mine- when minecraft is your work is as it is for some <laughs> you, you kind of have to you have to find ways of of doing that of, of recharging your batteries while still being part of the ecosystem and the environment and i i find yeah resource gathering is usually something that you can switch off all of the other aspects of your brain that would probably tie you out and get some of that recharge fix it and i used a joke uh about uh playing with crafting mantis you you don't play with crafting mantis you you aim her at <laughs> at targets um but yeah, like that. It's I find it very satisfying. Uh, I I I don't find it very productive to dig a hole. Like I, it's one of those things that like it's not necessarily fun, but there's something very satisfying about like well, I need this twenty by twenty by twenty like box cleared out, and I'm just gonna go do it. Uh, or like for me, it was clearing off like the 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 land masses near my witch hut for my own witch farm. And once I started going, it's like no i can't i can't stop like i just it's it's this this island is half gone i can't leave it half gone i have to take the island away you know <laughs> like it's a st- finishing things like that halfway through i find that it's it's weird like it it does feel like work sometimes b- but it's a game so like you're obviously enjoying it but there's some sort of weird completionist thing that gets a hold mm-hmm. of me where i can be fine with once i've finished that island if there's another island that has to go i can leave it Unless I start that island now. If I start that island now, then before I leave, that island has to be gone. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things where like I like to I like to complete tasks uh, rather than leave them half half finished uh, in the game. Well, it's it's like tree caps, right? You mine half the tree and you leave the top. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have a bunch of floaty leafy platforms everywhere, and it's it's not it looks so natural. I'm gleaning I'm gleaning into some of the rules that might be part of your server list. 
I've done that as well, though. I didn't like an island that was too close to me, so I deleted the island. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's fun. It's it's a it's an interesting experience to just to really take large land masses and remove them. It 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 really does change the way that the game looks. Like when you walk around different vistas and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, for my topic this week, we've sort of touched on it already. Uh, but I did want to kind of pose it to. Uh, both our listeners and and you guys as well, uh, with regards to updating to the latest Minecraft release when it comes out. Do you update right away? Do you wait to see if other players report on potential bugs before updating? Uh, I find that I have been on the fence. I know on this podcast I have said, I am no longer going to update immediately because I have been burned. And then... the next week I'm updating immediately because I need to, you know, because uh, like you said, Devin, there's, there's something that's causing so many issues like a trade UI bug, or there's something happening. Like for me, it's this, it's this VSync bug. You know, if there's a chance that 14.4 is going to fix everything that I'm experiencing right now in 14.3, and Mm -hmm. I can then get back into playing the game, then I feel like I want to take that risk. I'm hoping it's not going to break. Oh, I don't know farms or something you know but because that seems to be par for the course now i generally will wait for big ones like 112 to 113 113 to 114 i did i think we waited for 114 2 before we updated because there was that that chunk loading bug that was a real problem um but i feel like for me i've been more and more on the fence lately of just not being able to decide like should i wait to see uh, should I update right away? And for me right now, I think it's it's based on the situation. Because of the bugs that are happening right now, and it's not a major shift. It's not, it's not a shift to the next version. It's just a shift to like the latest update for this version of Minecraft to the village and pillage update. Um, I'm more likely to update to this as soon as I have an opportunity to back up the server and, and maybe try it out quickly on on a test world to see if it, it if it works because if it will fix my bug problems and get me back into playing minecraft then i'm willing to take whatever gameplay function is or you know gameplay feature might break over the fact that i can't play the game uh i'm wondering specifically and i am a light to moderate content creator i stream once or twice a week and and I do about a video a week on YouTube, give or take. Uh, I can't imagine the pressure that would be on you know people that stream like yourself, Devin, five days a week, or Johnny that's putting out videos five days a week. If a bug in Minecraft, whether it was a technical game bug that didn't allow you to play, or if it was a feature in the game that was bugged that was prohibiting you from moving forward you know like you're in the middle of mm-hmm. building a villager breeder and then villager breeding just starts changing like left right and center that sort of thing um so devin i'll pose it to you first uh i know that you mentioned that you guys update right away um on your multiplayer server do you have any single player worlds or do you have any other servers that maybe are more tentative with the updates well we this is at, I, I solely play on the 8-bit and the 240p servers. Those take up the majority of my time. And then when I'm not playing those, I try to play other games so I don't right. turn out on Minecraft. So what I what we usually do is once a, once a uh, stable version comes out, we try to update as soon as possible. But we have we have come across the issue where we did update too soon to the point where our plugins were not updated. And that subsequently caused crashes. So we actually had to downgrade 
I think those, this was the difference between 14.2 and 14.3. We actually had to downgrade back to 14.2 because our plugins weren't updated for 14.3 and kept causing crashes. And this was happening to me midstream when this was happening. So usually we try to update as soon as we can, and that's fine if it's live. We do regular server restarts. So it's very easy for us to tweak things, restart it real quick and without our people being too upset. But it did cause actually quite a few issues of people losing villagers. Uh, we had a full, fully functioning village in our spawn where half the villagers and all of their iron golems were gone. Wow. Because of this like change and update and this constant set of restarts. Which, which it's it's fixable and it, oh no it gives me more stuff to do darn mm -hmm. uh but it's uh it, so it was a little frustrating and I, I always feel bad for the community because out of everybody they're the ones who have to suffer through it the most yeah and i i think personally as somebody who i i try and stay kind of if not on the cutting edge because i'm not playing in the snapshots and pre-releases but as somebody who is producing a YouTube series that's focused heavily on like what the new features are and I kind of have to be a little bit ahead of the curve so I'm explaining stuff that people are then going to go and check out then I try and update as soon as new changes come out just so I can stay on top of things but I know a lot of people who won't play a new release until Optifine is available for it simply because their hardware won't keep up so that's kind of a similar situation to your plugins not really updating is if somebody can't play without Optifine because of FPS issues they've got old hardware and they just can't really play Minecraft at like a playable frame rate without it, then that's that's kind of an issue for people, especially for larger updates like the one from 112 to 113. Optifine took about three months to actually come out with a full version. And sometimes that's because incremental updates to the from the Mojang team themselves is kind of delaying stuff. But I think there are there are definitely those things to consider about it. Like it it, it can be a it can be a performance thing just as much as it can be a, a feature thing and, and, and some stuff breaking like game mechanics and so forth. Sometimes it's it's as much as I can't even play until Optifine is released and, and some of the performance like issues are mm. kept in check at that stage. Yeah. And I do need I do want to add something on if that's all right. Oh absolutely. Uh, so I also you brought up performance and when it comes to content creation, I use shaders and you brought up Optifine. Yeah. And so that uh, that's also a huge piece for me is because when Optifine isn't updated yet either, then my shaders aren't there, which means the content I'm creating and the production quality that I'm making isn't as, at like on par with what I usually do, which can also be a little bit a little bit disruptive for some viewers as well mm -hmm. and and typically people coming into your chat who might not be as familiar with the minecraft ecosystem are going to be asking like why does your minecraft look different and then you're constantly having mm -hmm. to answer the question about like optifine isn't ready yet so i can't have my shaders mm -hmm. and yeah it, it just it, it adds uh, additional layers on top of just like this doesn't look the way i want it and now i have to explain to everybody why it doesn't look the way i want <laughs> it as well but yeah i i think um as as far as like i i i draw the line at updating to unstable versions like i wouldn't put the survival guide world into snapshots just to have like the first look at what the the features are when it, whenever snapshots and development features come out i'm always trying those out in test worlds but as right. far as as far as the latest like full releases go if they're putting out a 114.4 i'm going to assume that it's okay for me to play which obviously as we know from the original 1.14 update is not always a safe assumption <laughs> But it's also something that I can't really avoid at this stage. I kind yeah. of I kind of have to be in there and, and mixing it up and, and finding out what the what the quirks are. And and ultimately 
sometimes if, if you've got a, a forgiving enough audience, then they can be forgiving enough of those things if you just explain what's going on and mention that, you know, it's been reported in various bug trackers, Moyang is fixing it. Let's just carry on and play regardless. And I have found some solace in seeing very experienced Minecraft um, players on YouTube uh, dealing with and getting frustrated with the same gameplay features and or bugs that I am experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not the Mac one, but like other gameplay stuff, entities disappearing, that, that kind of stuff. And when you realize that and they're just being straightforward about it and being like, yeah, no, this is buggy. This is a real problem. This is why we haven't been to this part of the world in the last couple you know, weeks on the videos is because it lags or it's it's unplayable or whatever. And you go, oh, thank goodness. It's not just me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm glad that it's not just, you know, because a lot of these times you just kind of feel like, not necessarily what did you go wrong, but why is this happening to just me when then really it's happening to pretty much everybody when it's a, a game, a game related um, problem. Uh, I will be happy if they can focus on functionality over features. Like I, you know, I can wait mm-hmm. for, for villagers to be able to be traded with and all that kind of stuff. I would really like to be able to get back into playing the game and continue um creating content and 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 hanging out with the community i i know i can play and have played other games but it's also the the better reaction and and the through line for the community at the moment is is minecraft so it'd be good to get back to that as always if folks at home have any contributions to this if you have (laughs) thought of anything in the last few discussion points that you really want to uh to send us an email please do joel will have the email address for you shortly but that is going to be it for this episode of the spawn chunks devon thank you so much for taking the time to spend a uh, an hour with us chatting about minecraft uh, where can people find you online if they want to know about more of the stuff of, that what you do <laughs> you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash the hot dish very simple no underscores or you can also follow me on twitter at the real hot dish because somebody stole my <laughs> I was going to say, is there a fake hot dish out there? An imposter? <laughs> there is a fake hot dish who made their account in 2009. <laughs> they, those account squatters, they, they, they've come back from the, from the future to steal your hot dishes. All right, folks, yeah, uh, th- thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Spawn Chunks. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and The Spawn Chunks is, as always, proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat, and you can even listen to the pre- and post-show, The Render Distance, where we are going to be talking with Devin a little bit more. Uh, it also gets us to our uh, ne- closer to our next goal, which is the Chunk Mail Dispenser becoming unlocked again. We are currently at 112 patrons, which is up two from last week. Pleasure to have you guys as always. And a special thanks to our content engineers, JD Williamson and Yitz, for their support on this episode. Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at The Spun Chunks on Twitter and Instagram, but a personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the podcast with server mates, Uh, other places that you talk about minecraft wherever that may be maybe around the water cooler at work or maybe on the playground who knows uh just poke a friend in the arm and tell them that this is a good show and the community around it is a lot of fun and uh, they should check it out it would go a long way for us we would very much appreciate it and it's free uh you can email the show at thespawnchunks at gmail.com once again thespawnchunks at gmail.com best way to get in touch you can find the spawn chunks by name on your favorite podcast platform that includes itunes android stitcher and spotify and if of course you can find the render distance on the patron only rss feed that is at patreon.com slash the spawn chunks 
My name is Pixelriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixelriffs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called the Minecraft Survival Guide. I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. I stream three days a week on Twitch, where I play a variety of other games. Aside from that, I'm at Pixelriffs on Twitter and Instagram, and the rest of the time you'll probably find me in the Hot Dishes chats. Joel, where can people find you online? <laughs> uh, you can find me online at joelduggan.com. That is where I have my illustration and design portfolio. If you'd like to see some of my work in the wild you can go check out johnny at twitch.tv slash because i just hey. finished doing his uh stream sub badges oh and, they look uh, lovely they look lovely <laughs> thanks man i'm glad they were a lot of fun uh so if people want to check that out uh they can see that over there and sometimes when i'm working on that kind of stuff i stream it so at twitch.tv slash joel duggan you will find me playing minecraft but you will also find me doing artwork uh so check that out over there that's kind of where i want to point everyone thanks for visiting the spawn chunks the world outside is infinite and the snacks are on us Thank you